we've been doing destination adventure for a while and then we ventured out into talking adventure and now we're starting adventure casts a new a new podcast here uh, because sometimes we just can't make it everywhere jamie we quickly realized as we were traveling across kansas to nest city to um nickerson to mcpherson medicine lodge medicine lodge that we just can't be everywhere all the time Yes, we still have responsibilities here at the office. Yeah, and technology, the world we live in today is a great thing in that we can connect with somebody from Coffeeville and then turn around and connect with somebody up in Colby. In a matter of minutes. Yep. So that's where this idea came from to start AdventureCast. And on our first one, we get to talk with or connect with children's author, Jefferson Knapp. He dives into in his in the podcast we did with him about the strong connection he has to one of our local elementary schools, Inman Elementary School, and why that school is significantly special to him. Yep. And he just did a really, really cool thing uh, for them, which is why we talked to him. So let's get into it. Here's our interview with Jefferson Knapp. Well, Jamie, our first podcast here. In our very first guest, we are very excited to have Jefferson Knapp on the line with us. Jefferson, how's it going today? It's going really good. Uh, you're you're the good news I'm, I'm uh, getting this morning. I was online earlier and I was like, I have to stop looking at all these news sites because it's just depressing. <laughs> and so I, I even went to uh, goodnews.com and that wasn't even a site. Somebody bought that domain, but there was no good news to post. So they just left it. So (laughs) Well, we're going to share some good news and we're going to share some of your, your stories from your schools. In particular, we're going to focus on Inman a little bit today since you have a strong connection to that school district. Yeah. I've even heard that one of your characters maybe was, was based or was chosen from Inman school. Absolutely. They, um, okay. They had a cat, a very famous cat named Inman Sam. I don't remember how long ago the cat was in town, but they have a a grave for this cat. When it came time for book four in my series, uh, I was getting the ideas and this little girl um, named Chloe, she sent me a letter and and a picture of Inman Sam in the grave and everything. And she said she thought, Inman Sam would make a great character and, and in Inman Sam did make a great character. The cat played a big part in, uh, in the story. And I used, uh, a couple other kids, um, Mason Carter, uh, was the owner of Inman Sam and he was a student. I think he's now in middle school, maybe even high school now. I don't know. But then, uh, another kid, Peter, uh, Bullard, I think is his name. I used him for the back cover. We actually used his likeness, uh, in a group of people on the back cover of book four, the traveling carnival. And so Inman gets, uh, several mentions in the book. But it was just, that was the least thing I could do for the, for the people of Inman because they've been so great. Wow. Now you are a Kansas boy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, uh, I live in El Dorado right now, but I grew up, uh, south of El Dorado, east of Augusta, um, kind of lived all over the country, but Kansas is my home and it most likely will always be. Okay. So, uh, what's the Inman connection there? Well, when I was starting out as an author 2010, I kind of, I had the brave journey, my first book in my kingdom at the end of the driveway series. It's a long title, but I was going around 
to every school I could to donate a copy to their library. My cousin Sasha lives in Inman with her family. And so I stopped in Inman. She, you know, she'd always told me how great the town was. And so I left a book with the librarian. She wasn't there though. That next week she got a hold of me. Her name was Cheryl Reif. She told me how thankful she was and she would love to have me come visit. That next year I visited their school. My second book in the series was released at the time. That school just blew me away on how they were just, the sales were amazing. They were so excited to have me there. They, you could tell that they all had read the first book. The teachers and the librarian read the book to them and they were just really into the series. It was so it was so cool to see kids excited about something you wrote and that they actually, they were a part of this world. They wanted to be involved in it. And so there was a, there was an instant love connection between Inman and me uh, from the get go. So now that we fast forward to 2018, there's a big unveiling. Joe McFadden set up this whole week because it's Dr. Seuss's birthday today. We're celebrating that. And they had this whole series about, books this week. Well, there was a large box delivered to the school that you had something to do with. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. Um, you know, when I started out, I just, uh, I focused on being an author at first and then, but I also had a publishing company because I was, I didn't want to wait around forever to get a literary agent. They, you know, I went through all that and then ultimately to the advice of my editor that I hired, she said, be ready to, to self publish, to start your own company. And I did that. And so over the years, uh, the last three or four years, I've kind of focused more on publishing other people. And so I, I, we have a pretty big stock of books. The first children's book that we published that, uh, was our first actual author. Um, he was a third grade teacher in Tawanda and his idea was for a children's book called my mommy burnt the cookies. It was a pretty local, it was a local (laughs) success in El Dorado. Um, but, uh, it just didn't get, the word didn't get out enough for this book. So we decided we would you know, donate the, some of the books to schools that we've kind of, uh, fallen in love with. And the, and I just thought, well, if I'm going to donate some of these, uh, children's books to schools, I also like to donate, uh, my newest book as well to the older kids since they're too old to read my mommy burnt the cookies. And so, um, Inman, it was a no brainer. All those kids deserve the fourth book that the school and the, um, the town is in They're part of the story. So I wanted those kids to have a copy of my fourth book and for the younger kids to get that, um, copy of my mommy burnt the cookies. And oh, so, so they got two copies. They yeah, got two books. Well, the younger kids, I think it was pre-K through first got my mommy burnt the cookies. Um, and then the second graders through sixth graders, I think it is. Um, they all okay. got the traveling carnival book four. So nice. Now, how much of your, I, I mentioned earlier, you're from Kansas and I read something that said you weren't born in a barn when you were younger, but you were around animals a lot. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> did that in, I mean, how did that influence your, with the talking animals in your books and, and stuff? Well, you know, in the eighties, uh, all those movies with the puppets and like the dark crystal and just, there was, uh, uh, the never ending story, too many of those movies, you know, they were all used puppets. They didn't have the CGI technology, but they were so much fun. And, you know, uh, I got into the Chronicles of Narnia and I don't know, I just, 
when I came up with this idea, I had a pug. His name was Pugsley, and uh, he was already he he got ran over years before. But oh. I was thinking up a story, and I was thinking about my old dog, and I just was thinking that would have been funny if he had a secret life I never knew about. Like uh, maybe he was a a king of all these animals that I uh, never knew existed, and and so it basically came down to this boy has a a pug and. The pug dies and he takes his collar off of him and wears it around his wrist as a bracelet. And once he does that, he he can understand animals. The the the, the collar is magical and he finds out that his dog was a, a king of a secret kingdom of animals across the road. It all takes place where I grew up at. I don't say Kansas in the book because like if I go to Ohio and I'm talking to a school, I want them to to think maybe this could happen in Ohio. But when I talk to kids in Kansas, I tell them pretty much it's a Kansas story just because the geography is very similar. And so it was all based around where I grew up at and a lot of the pets that I had. And I even use other kids, uh, students, their pets as well. Um, a lot of kids come up to me and tell me they need, they think they're rat or whatever they have would make a great <laughs> character. And I put it into consideration and sometimes I'll do that. I used a three-legged pit bull. Um, the, the the pit bull lo- lost an, a leg, but it was a girl in Louisiana. Her 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 pit bull was a pretty big character in uh, book four as well. So it's fun to do that. It, it brings it brings pets back to life that have already passed on, and and even like. I have old teachers that have already passed away and principals and, and their characters in my books. It's just a way to keep them alive. You know, you change them up a little bit, but they get to live on in your books. And that's, that's really fun. Nice. Now we, we were talking a little earlier uh, before we started this and I thought you said something really neat because your books involve imagination. Yeah. Can yeah. you talk about imagination again? Well, just simply that in this day and age, imagination, I feel like it's going away. You have um, you have everything you want to look at on a phone screen. I mean, you can Google whatever you want, and most likely it's going to show up. Somebody, somebody will have already thought of it and posted it for you to research. You don't have to – you don't have to go out and find something. You can – look it up and see it right there in front of you uh, in your hand. And so I just try to emphasize how important imagination is when I go to schools. Um, and, and across the country, it's still, it's just universal. Kids need to use their imaginations more. Um, and I think, uh, <clears throat> one big part is I try to get them really excited about reading. I've, I remember as a kid, our school would have, um, assemblies and sometimes the speakers would be boring and there wouldn't be much to look at. But with, with my presentations, I have like, um, a 25 foot animatronic Python. I, I had to order it from China because <laughs> it was specially made and it cost more than my car, but I had to really invest in the props so kids could, if they are getting bored of me, they can look at the characters from my stories and just at least get some 
eye candy, you know, to look at and, and keep their interest. But you just have to, you have to invest in, in what you're, you're promoting. And, and I think, um, uh, visuals are very important. And, and, and even with the slideshow, the PowerPoint that I give, I try to make it as funny as possible. Um, if, if kids don't react to something, I'll, I'll, I'll remove it. And so I try to have a good presentation that keeps their attention. And that's been a great, um, reward is to hear librarians tell me that their kindergartners have never sat through an hour long presentation before, um, without getting all fidgety. And so that's a, that's a big compliment when, when you hear that, you know, you're doing something hopefully right. So you're entertaining when you do a presentation, when you come in, but yet how do you create those characters and, and give them life on paper? What, what is your process like there? The process for characters is. Because you give them life on a piece of paper. I mean, it is black and it's white. Well, I guess you just have to treat them like, like humans. You have to, you have to, because um, honestly, every pet that you have has a, has a personality. You just have to, you know, cats are um, stuck up. <laughs> yes. We were just talking. Well, my husband and I were just talking about our cat this morning and how she's lounging around in bed and we've got to get ready for work. The princess yeah. of the house just gets to lay yeah. there. And that's how our cat is too. <laughs> he, he takes over and, and, um, you know, every animal has a personality. You just have to imagine what would it be like if you were a person and that's their personality. I mean, you just, that's, that's how I do it at least, you know, just kind of give them a little bit of attention and, and, and animals have stereotypes. They do the, the pug is the crazy dog and there's just all, all different breeds, all different kinds of animals. They have a, a persona a personality about them and you just have to tap into that snake. Snakes are evil. There you go. But you bring the snake to school. Yeah. The fake one. <laughs> <laughs> But it'd be more interesting to see a, a giant python that can move around instead of a, I don't know, a pig or something. So, or two. Yeah, I I would agree with that. <laughs> what are your? Okay, you're a dad too. Yep. So how do you share that love for your books and the reading and? <clears throat> And all of that and create her imagination, her love for books. And because you're still dad, no matter what. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a different experience. She doesn't see you as dad's an author. He's a famous author. She sees you as dad. Yep. And, you know, last night my wife was like, you need to start reading the brave journey to her. And she's she's five and she she wants me to. And I did start. But. I just, some of it, I think she might be too young for to understand, but I'll still read it. Um, <clears throat> she has a love for outside. She's an outdoor girl. So that right there is a good start to uh, enjoying these books is if you like to play outside, then um, you get to go outside when you read the book as well. Cause that's where most of it takes place. It takes place um, in a forest and in a cave and all these different locations. But I think if you're a kid that likes to play outside and, and can enjoy the 
the uh, the country or even if you're in the city and you like to play outside i think um that's a good start to enjoying these books and my my daughter loves animals as well and so if you're an animal lover that's a big plus too so how so. many animals do you currently have i just am curious <clears throat> we have um a pug and um a, a a cat and we have a a beta fish that has lived way longer than we ever imagined. <laughs> <laughs> it's, those are survivors. Yes, they are. They can't be. I had plenty of them in college. But. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the future look like for you, Jeff? Well, um, as I was saying before we started, um, I was, I, I've really gotten into the publishing side. I have a company called Kraken Books, Kraken like the, the sea monster, K-R-A-K-E-N, not C-R-A-C-K-I-N, you know, like you're cracking open. But um, that's how I started was forming this company back in 2009. And I got into publishing other people. I did a, a local guy here in El Dorado, a teacher. And then I, I did a Wichita State basketball player named Ron Baker. I did his oh. children's book. Yeah, it's we, called your two. What's that? That's amazing. Another <laughs> yeah. 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 He's a, he, his story is just awesome. And, um, he really, um, he really proved that you can come from anywhere and make it uh, big. And his story is called you're too big to dream small. It's a good, uh, inspirational story for kids. It's a children's book. And we published that a couple summers ago. And then recently I did a book with K-State football coach Bill Snyder. And that one's called Take It From Me. Coach Snyder and I uh, created a story based on his 16 goals for success that he's been promoting at Kansas State University ever since he got there. And that's a big reason he he had a, a huge successful turnover in the program. But uh, that was released last October, and we did a childhood cancer book uh, for a little girl from Los Angeles last uh, August. But I'm, I'm starting to get back. The future is, to answer your question, I'm getting back to my series. I'm getting back to doing school visits. I've taken a couple years off um, full-time from school visits to publish other people. But um, I'm, I'm wanting to get back into being the author and traveling around the country and talking to kids. That's the best part is, is doing school visits. So how do they connect with you to do that? Well, um, you can, uh, contact me at Jeff Knapp at hotmail.com. K N A P P is the way you spell my last name. Most of the time I'll try to reach out to you though. I've got a huge giant mailing, uh, email list of, uh, probably every, librarian in 30 states I'll bet and so I you know before the school year starts I do try to email every one of them um an offer for me to come and and uh, visit their school and so uh that's how I, I I that's mostly me trying to reach out to them I do get calls or emails for school visit requests but um a lot of the time I might've already tried to email you check your spam box just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Are you into social media? Can they, people find you on Twitter or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, just, uh, look up Jefferson nap and that should pull up. And, um, on Instagram at author Jefferson, 
on Twitter, we're on, uh, we have a publishing company Twitter page. It's just at, at Kraken Books. If you want to know anything about our books that we do have, you can just go to Kraken Books. That's spelled K-R-A-K-E-N books.com. I also put on a, a special promo code if anybody watching this is interested in some discounted books. Uh, yes. If you do the, uh, what is it, SDAC? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, yes, yes SDAC. Yeah. Yes. If you enter SDAC, E-S-S-D-A-C-K, and you uh, are buying a book at the checkout, put in that promo code SDAC, and you'll get 20% off any book that we sell. And that's also for the autograph books as well. That's awesome. So we have Bill Snyder, children's books, Ron Baker, children's books, and my series, and um, some others too. 20% off any and all of those? Any and all of them for a week. We'll uh, we'll let that promo run for a week. So it'll be good for next Friday. Coach Snyder's book, I feel like it hasn't reached um, every K-State fan yet. So um, we're just trying to get that one out there too because it's, it's great for graduation gifts. It's kind of like him, Coach Snyder and Ron Baker's books can easily replace Oh, the Places You'll Go from Dr. Seuss, you know. Happy birthday, Dr. Seuss. But uh, <laughs> those are also nice little... Uh, additional gifts to go along with uh, over the places you'll go. All right. Well, Jefferson, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. My pleasure. It was we fun. You join us again. Yeah. We want to you just tell me anytime you want and I'll show up. Awesome. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for your time. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Right. Bye-bye. And now that we're back, we're going to visit um, a little bit with Joe McFadden, who was a pivotal role in making that event happen. She really did a great job of leading up to the event, giving the kids hints, and trying to work Jefferson Knapp into um, school and events that were taking place, and particularly Dr. Seuss. Yes, make sure that connection America was there. Yes, it was. In fact, uh, we visited with her on Dr. Seuss's birthday. It was. She was dressed mm-hmm. as cat in the hat. Yes, Joe, you're something else. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation we had with Inman Elementary Principal, Joe McFadden. We're here with Joe McFadden now, Jamie, our second guest ever mm-hmm. on our podcast yeah. <laughs> uh, to talk about the book event that you had earlier this week. You want to sure. talk a little bit about it? Sure, I'd love to. Um, we had Jefferson Knapp come in on Wednesday and surprise the kids. Um, this all became a thing because he gave every student in our building a free book. And so I guess I need to kind of go back in time of why he might do that for us. Would that be a good start? Sure, yes. (laughs) So, okay, so our librarian who is now retired had brought Jefferson Knapp in to do a author's visit, met with the kids, talked to the kids about his books, and the kids were really excited. He just was a good fit for Inman. He did a great job presenting. And from that point then, Mrs. Reif, our retired librarian, and Jefferson Knapp kind of developed a relationship where he actually had her read his next manuscript for the book, gave it to her papers, a stack of papers, as I understand it, for him to read through. Yeah, isn't that cool? that she got that opportunity. So she got to read through that. So that even developed the relationship with Inman more. 
Well, then um, it came to writing his book, and he used one of our second grade teachers as a character in the book, called him Dr. Erwiller. Um, Mr. Erwiller was a second grade teacher for us who has now moved to Hutchinson. Um, but uh, so that was really cool because we had a teacher. And then, as I recall, I wasn't here yet in Inman, but um, he included some of the Inman students who are now at the junior high high school in the books as well as characters. Um, so we've just developed this relationship. He is, I think he has relatives, maybe a cousin here in Inman, and so that helped him be close by. Um, so I had only met um, Jefferson Knapp at a book signing he did at the Santa Fe Days my first year here. And um, we've been kind of anxiously wanting to get him back in. And he just called out of the blue, um, really about a month ago, and said, I want to donate books to all of your kids. And I'm like, you're kidding me, really? And he goes, yes. Um, he just has a special place in his heart for Inman and our kids. And I said, that is wonderful. Do you want to be here? Do you want to do an author's visit? Do you want to hand out the books to the kids? And he said, you know, I'm writing another book. And he said, I really want to come out and do an author's visit when I get this next book done. He said, this time you just hand out the books. So I'm like, okay. Um, I went to a couple teachers and they said, we got these free books, we need to make this big. So we, the book sat for about two weeks trying to just figure out what we were going to do, how we were gonna surprise the kids, how are we gonna use the books. And um, at this last staff meeting, I shared it with the staff. And so we just started brainstorming and they were like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. And so we said, okay, okay. So we made a list and it just kind of transpired from there. Nice. So we spoke on the phone earlier uh -huh. uh, when we were trying to set this up. And as you mentioned, this was a pretty big event. And you mentioned some of the things to me that you did, like the beginning of the week leading up to it. Uh -huh. What were some of those things? Okay. So the first day on Monday, I told the kids in announcements, and I'm very animated and excited when I do this. I never would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, kids, I had a special visitor come to my office a couple weeks ago, and he left me something really special for every one of you. And they're just like, really? And I said, yep. And so I just built them up, and I said, I'm gonna share it with you on Wednesday. You're gonna find out on Wednesday. So I kind of left it at that. And came, I went to gyms and drug this big box. It was wet anyway, had to dry it out. Anyway, got this big box. We wrapped it, my, my technology teacher and I, we wrapped it in paper, wrote on it in a Sharpie mystery box, made this big red bow and stuck it on the stage. So it was there Tuesday morning. There was nothing in it. <laughs> but uh, the kids thought <laughs> for sure there was something in it. But anyway. I was afraid they would lift it up, and so I didn't want to put anything in it yet because I thought, oh, surely they'll move it and touch it. I don't think they went near it. They just were like, it was funny. It was really funny. So Tuesday then, I had the big box sitting there beside me, and I said, kids, what do you think might be in this big box? And I got thing one and thing two, and I got Dr. Seuss, and I got all kinds of things because we kicked off Dr. Seuss week on Monday. And uh, I said, well, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. 
And I just kind of patted the box and just didn't say a whole lot. Well, all day long, I think this is in the box, a kid would say. The next, you know, at lunch, then I would hear, I think it's this or I think it's that. You'll just have to wait and see. So they were excited about it. And so then on Wednesday, um, we did the whole big shebang, um, which I can go into that too, if you want me to move forward with that. <laughs> uh, sure, sure, feel free. <laughs> um, so Wednesday we had, okay, so we decided we were gonna have the pet band from the high school come and play. And we decided to do the big box. We had confetti bombs. And so one was on a tripod set up on the stage because one of my fourth grade teachers is a professional DJ. So he had showed me, you know, Mr. Rickard. Yes. And so um, he had showed me how to pull it off and he had gone and gotten two other big bomb things. And then my other teachers had some handheld confettis. We had the Hutch News there, we had the Ledger. Um, and then we thought the day before, I wonder if, if Jefferson Knapp would Skype with us. And so we Skyped him the day before just to practice and ask him if he'd like to be involved. And he thought that would be really great. So we set up the big screen then and Skyped him in. So the pep band played music as the kids came in, which was different than usual. And I got everybody's attention and we, I said, do you think we need to figure out what's in this box? Of course, and I made them yell loud. And so the pep band gave us a big drum roll. All the kids did a drum roll and we opened the box and the books were there and they all yelled and screamed. and. So then I brought the attention to Jefferson Knapp on the screen and introduced him to the kids. Some of them knew him, some didn't. He talked to the kids about why he chose us to give the books to um, and how Inman was dear to his heart and how he loves Inman more than any other school that he's ever visited. And that's why he wanted to give us the books. And so we thanked him, told him we loved him. And I said, do you want your books now? And so the teachers then came up and the pep band played and we handed out the books and the kids danced and the pep band played. And um, I went and pulled the confetti and that went boom. And so then all the teachers pulled their confetti and it was just a big party. Um, so we then brought all that back together, believe it or not. <laughs> um, sometimes that can be difficult, but they came back and again, we thanked Jefferson Knapp. He talked to the kids again for a minute and um, we did the flag salute and then the pet band played as the kids went out excited with their books. Um, One of the things he mentioned this morning in the podcast was how touching it was to receive heartfelt letters from the kids and some of them were silly and some of them were just straight up sweet, 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 and how that truly touched him as an author and connecting to the community, which I thought was really neat. Mm -hmm. Because there is something about the written word, mm -hmm. and that's what he translates. He translates his words into something we feel. Mm -hmm. Yes, so. that's a huge point. I think that's really great. And I think that it's always nice to show appreciation and the handwritten word, word sometimes does mean more than anything because you've taken the time to do that, especially now when we're so electronic driven. And, and he said he still has them, that's, which is so, I mean, that's just, yeah. what he does is about heart and what you do with the kids is about the heart. It's true. Yeah, very true. We try. So when we spoke on the phone too, it's not just about 
the book given away, is there a reading project involved? Yes, there is. Well, we're all about motivating kids to read um, because that's one of our most important life skills that we can have. And so getting the kids and doing anything we can do to get them motivated and excited. Um, so that definitely got them excited. And so now we had to decide, well, what are we going to do with the books? And so the preschool, kindergarten, first graders got a picture book that's not actually written by Jefferson Knapp, but published by his company. And so we paired the littles with the bigs to go partner read together that book. And so that happened then Wednesday, Thursday, and possibly today that was going to be done. With the older kids, he gave us the traveling carnival, which was second through sixth grade. And so we put together a reading schedule for all the teachers to read aloud that book with their kids. And so we can have um, uh, book talks as a whole. So this morning we were gonna start that, but we had everything going on with lemonade commercials and stuff. So Monday I will be, I'm reading the book with the kids. And so Monday I will, I've already written questions and I'm gonna ask the kids about chapters one through four on Monday morning. And so that'll be an announcements first thing. And I'll just say, all right, kids, chapter one. And I've got my questions ready to go. Um, so we'll do that each week, and hopefully we can all be in the same place at the same time and wrap this up by the end of March. Oh, nice. Any other questions, Jamie? All right. Well, Joe, I know we kind of dropped in on you on yes. in your office here. That's okay. So we appreciate you. We appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and have a little chat about the big book event you had this That's week. That's great. Thanks for coming. Um, anytime we can get the word out about what we do, that's exciting. Great. All right, Jamie, I think we need to wrap this one up for the day. I hope you join us for our next um, AdventureCast. Tune in. Love to have you.